0: Welcome in on a Wednesday edition of the show. Halfway through the work week. Hope you all are doing well. A lot to get to on today's podcast. We need to preview BYU and Boise State. One of the biggest games of the year for the BYU basketball program. This Bronco team could be a big time boost to BYU's net rating come tournament time. We'll examine that contest. We'll also talk about BYU and where they tumbled to in the college football playoff rankings. Checking in at number 18. And of course, catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, a number of semi-finalists for football awards, another commitment for the BYU football program out of the prep ranks in Montana. So a lot to get to on a Wednesday. It's all brought to you today in part by our good friends at Bilt Bar, as well as All Guard Pest Control. We'll tell you about both of those companies here in just a little while. All right. With that rundown out of the way, let's waste no more time and break into it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for December 9th, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Uh, let's kick off today's show and talk a little hoops. BYU in action tonight as they face Boise State at the Marriott Center. Tip-off schedule for 7 o'clock Mountain Time on BYU TV. And I'm looking forward to this contest, folks. Many of you probably remember last year, Boise State did beat BYU in Boise, 72-68 to 68 in overtime. And the 68 points in all reality were kind of a miracle. Because as Mark Pope said yesterday, last year's game at Boise State was a the debacle is the term he used offensively. BYU did struggle to score in that game. It was one of the contests last year that had you concerned that BYU wouldn't be able to get out of their own way, but obviously that team proved that they could get out of their own way and scored points in bunches down the stretch, but the Boise State game a year ago was a problem. Uh, the Broncos were very good defensively, really locked up BYU on the perimeter, had some great play on the perimeter in their own right. Uh, Derek Alston is going to be their star. You'll see tonight. It was very good a year ago, but He's six foot nine, a true wing player who has guard-like skills, but additionally the size to really play on the interior if the need be. He is a matchup nightmare for BYU basketball, and BYU's job tonight is to keep him from really going off in this contest. That's really the key for the Cougars in this game. It obviously will help to be at home playing on your home turf, speaking of the Marriott Center for BYU, but they've got plenty of talent, speaking of of the Broncos. Emmanuel Acott uh, played two years at Arizona, sat out last year after transferring to Boise State. He's a great player on the wing as well. Uh, also, Marcus Shaver is a name some BYU basketball fans, some of you may be familiar with. He started for the Portland Pilots for two years before transferring, sat out last year as well for Boise State. He starts at point guard, uh, averaged 14.8 points per game in his last season of Portland. He's now up to 12.3 points per game so far this year year and then uh, Maladdin Armis is BSU's starting big man he's six foot ten he's averaging seven point seven rebounds to go with eight points per game and just like many of these other guys on Boise State's roster he is a transfer from East Tennessee State so very, very good Broncos team. Many people think that Alston is headed to the NBA after this upcoming season. With his size and ability on the wing, it makes very much sense that uh, he would leave. But he is going to make things tough for the Cougars to come out with a win here. I said in the preseason that this three-week stretch for BYU, which they're in the midst of, last week heading back to Bubbleville, the game against Utah State. This week, Boise State and Utah, and the next week, at at San Diego State, these six games, I felt like we're gonna really make or break BYU's non-conference uh, resume up or hurt them when it comes to tournament time. The net ratings is what I'm referring to because the NCAA selection committee, they look at that net rating, look at who you beat, look at who you lost to. The Cougars 5-1 and one on the season. The one loss was an absolute debacle to use Coach Pope's term. Losing against USC in just pathetic fashion. You've got to avoid long stretches of not being able to score tonight against Boise State. Uh, Boise doesn't have a ton of size behind our in the interior. So if I'm the Cougars, I'd be using guys like uh, Matt Harms as well as the other big men on BYU's roster, Colby Lee, a Idaho native who obviously will want to play against one of his in-state teams that he grew up around. I think also a guy like Richard Harwood, despite maybe his lack of offensive prowess, his rebounding and defensive ability is going to be a big key in this game. So, if I'm the Cougars, and I'm not the coach here, but my opinion is that BYU should attack on the interior. Really work to the rim. Make plays there, and if you can't get a shot off, kick it out to to the perimeter where BYU's three-point shooters are. I think guys like Trevin Nell and Connor Harding, another Idaho native will have a big role to play in this game the three-point shooting for BYU is very important to keep the, the floor spaced and allow guys like Matt Harms to do their work on the interior. Granted, Harms seems to like to play on the perimeter a lot more than I think some people would like offensively, but regardless, a guy like Kobe Lee, you give him that space where that three-point shooting is drawn out Boise State's defense, a guy like Kobe Lee can be plenty effective in a game like this one-on-one. He's developed that nice little, I, I call it a baby hook. It's kind of, some of the people call it a weak shot it does a great job of getting in the hoop he has mastered that shot and it's very good for a guy like him who's not a high flyer he's more of a back to the basket flip it up score two and get back down to the court on defense type of player and I think this is a big opportunity for BYU Boise State the Ken Palm ratings for them is 96th in the country they're two and one on the season uh, they had a big-time showdown against number seven Houston and lost that game 68 to 58 some people thought Boise State had an opportunity to really stake claim to how good they are in that victory, but if they, if they were able to notch a victory, but obviously the Cougars, speaking of Houston, took them down. Their two wins so far on the season come over Sam Houston State and College of Idaho, which is a Division II program, so I really look at this as an opportunity for BYU to continue to bolster their resume when it comes to the NCAA tournament this coming spring. Boise State's going to be a team who's going to make a lot of noise in the Mountain West, one of, if not the favorite in that conference. You have a win like that come tournament time, it's going to look real good to the selection committee that you beat them, even if it is on your home court and you're expected to be favored there. Uh, like I said, the Ken Palm ratings, which I really like looking at, give BYU a 61 chance to win this game. I would have said it was about a 55% chance, in my opinion. I really do think that Boise State's got a lot of talent, a lot of different weapons, none bigger than Alston, but they are still coming together. They only played three games this year. All of those transfers are still trying to kind of get things working together. BYU has the advantage of having played six games. They actually are among the nation's leaders in games played so far this year, and I think it will be an advantage for the Cougars when it comes to that game. So tune in, 7 o'clock on BYU TV. TV and here's hoping that BYU can push their record to 6-1 and one and continue to pad that non-conference resume for that net rating. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll switch gears, talk some BYU football. The college football playoff rankings dropped BYU to number 18, not as far as I thought they were going to go. We'll examine that and of course catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news here in just a little bit. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. I love Built Bars. I can tell you guys, everybody who has tried them so far that I've talked to has enjoyed them by and large. So I'd encourage you guys to check it out. Built Bars are high protein, high fiber, low sugar, low calorie protein bars that taste legitimately like a candy bar. I actually just had a new shipment delivered to my house yesterday. I'm actually looking right now as I record this podcast at a a lemon almond cheesecake bar. I've actually been a big fan of that one. The Cherry Barcia. There are 20 different flavors of built bars. I guarantee you'll be able to find one or two, if not more than that, that you will enjoy. I love them. Check them out. You can go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code Locked On when you get there, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get 20% off your next order. It's a great way to save money on the best-tasting protein bars on the market. Built Bars, I mean it, guys. You will never crave a protein bar more than when you try a Built Bar. So check them out once again. BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code Locked On. Save 20% and enjoy the best-tasting protein bars on the market. Well, first of all, I'd like to uh, apologize to the committee for all of us from for uh, BYU because they were right, by the way, the last several weeks when we were ranking BYU and we were looking at it, we were going, they should have been higher. But interesting, Coastal Carolina slides, you know, right into that spot. That is David Pollock, a college football analyst, uh, one of the guys who hosts College Game Day for ESPN, apologizing to the playoff committee uh, for BYU, and I think. A lot of people out there saw that it might have been a little bit too harsh of a shot. I, I tweeted out that quote, not so many words on Twitter last night. And a lot of people were said, oh, that's brutal, blah, 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 blah. I get it, but I think his point remains, and I play that because that was really the highlight of the college football playoff reveal for BYU last night. That loss to Coastal Carolina has killed essentially all momentum with the national media, I feel like. They still think BYU's a good team. They thought it might have been the game of the year between Coastal and the Cougars, but... Regardless, you got to win the game to get the hype and BYU after that loss dropped to number 18 in the college football playoff rankings and flip flopped with Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleers moved up to BYU spot at number 13. I think they should be higher than that. But I think this still goes back to the hypocrisy of the college football playoff committee. They're going to protect the power five at all costs. Even Cincinnati dropped a spot in last night's rankings. And the quote from uh, the playoff committee chair, Gary Barda was essentially, well, they didn't play last week. And we just felt like this other power five team, it was Iowa State. Yeah, it was Iowa State moved in front of them into the number seven spot with the Bearcats checking in at number eight, and they didn't play, and we just felt like they don't have a top 25 win. Well, okay, if you're talking about top 25 wins, how about you give it to Coastal Carolina? They have two top 25 wins, Mr. Barda. The logic being spewed forth from Barta on a weekly basis makes my mind just boggle. It boggles my mind is is the term I should use. But it, it drives me nuts because he talks out of both sides of his mouth. He did the same thing on BYU. He's doing it to Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati. Let's be clear about one thing. The College Football Playoff Committee, it is a party set up by the Power Five for the Power Five. The G5, the other programs, well, you're invited to the party, but really only one of you is, and we're going to stick you in one of the lowest rated games, if at all possible. You're going to have to really force your way in. And that's the disappointing part about BYU and that loss to Coastal Carolina, is just the fact that they had that opportunity there for them. If BYU has that top 25 win under their belt against Coastal Carolina. Well, I want to hear Barta spin another thing burger answer once again. That's just a bunch of word salad and make it seem like, well, BYU doesn't really deserve the credit. It would have been nice to see BYU get that opportunity, but alas, it is not going to happen. Now the focus for BYU is getting ready for San Diego State this week on Saturday. The Cougars will face off against the Aztecs, and you can guarantee that Brady Hoke and San Diego State saw plenty from that Coastal game, especially the fact that BYU. BYU didn't necessarily like the physical nature of Coastal Carolina's play, and they're going to bring that to BYU. That's something that Rocky Long implemented at San Diego State when he started out his tenure there as the head coach, taking over, ironically enough, for Brady Hoke after he went to be the head coach at Michigan for a two-year stint. But, It really is a team, speaking of San Diego State, who's not afraid to come up and punch you in the mouth. They play a very physical brand of football, and they're absolutely going to come after BYU this week. Coastal Carolina, I think, really put a blueprint out there for San Diego State. They're going to come in and muck it up. My big key for BYU, and we'll do more of a preview later on this week, kind of a heads up that Fridays normally is when we do a big preview, and it'll be a big preview day on Friday, by the way. We're going to have Utah basketball preview for the Cougars in hoops, as well as the San Diego State season finale senior day uh, preview on Friday. So stay tuned for both of those on the Friday edition of Locked on Cougars. But a big key this week for BYU is they need to prove against San Diego State that they want the smoke. They didn't want the smoke against Coastal Carolina for most of that game, it felt like. It felt like multiple guys kinda of waltzed into that game and thought, you know what? We put this game together. The coaches are confident in us. We're gonna we're just gonna roll through this game. And then all of a sudden, Coastal Carolina comes out, punches BYU in the mouth, and the Cougars never really recovered, I felt like. I just It's one of those things that this week against San Diego State, BYU's got to prove that they're happy to play in that quote-unquote street fight style. Of course, the Cougars all year long have won with flair and some finesse, it felt like at times, because they could get away with that. Well, you know what? What? Regardless of who you face the rest of the season, Coastal Carolina proved if you get physical with BYU, well, the Cougars apparently don't want that smoke. I want to see BYU prove that they want that smoke. We'll be tracking that throughout the game on Saturday night. Of course, the weather could play a role in this game. There's a potential for snow, if not some precipitation, and just very cold weather overall, and 8 o'clock at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in mid-December. Jeez, that's going to be frigid. But regardless... Looking forward to this game. I think it's a big opportunity for BYU to go out and say, hey, we bounced back. And at this point, I think your goal is for the season, probably to try and reach number 15 in the national rankings. If you're a top 15 team in the college football playoff rankings come the end of the season, I think you call that a success. You'll have a double digit win, a double digit win season at that point, whether that's 10 wins or 11 wins pending if BYU can get a Uh, 12th game on december 19th but regardless if you're a top 15 team i think you call this season a success will it be a disappointment to a degree because of the loss of coastal carolina and the chance for new year's six frittering away in the wind no doubt there will absolutely be that what it could have should have moment when it comes to this season but all you can do now if you're byu is try and finish the season on a high note you get to 10 and 1 11 and 1 There's very few seasons really in BYU football history that have just one loss to them. There's only one that has zero losses, and that happens to be the 1984 National Championship team. You think of some of the great teams in BYU history, the 96 Cotton Bowl team, 14-1. There's just a few teams, 79, uh, BYU was undefeated until they went to their bowl game. Just one loss that season. There are very few seasons in BYU's football illustrious history with just one loss. You can do that this year if you're BYU, so that's got to be the rallying cry is to not let the Coastal Carolina loss linger over. It can't carry over and let the Chanticleers beat you twice despite it being you facing San Diego State. There's also the San Diego State element of the up debacle last year offensively for BYU the Cougars were just absolutely pathetic and inept in the red zone against San Diego State only putting up three points in a 13 to 3 loss that I think infuriated a lot of BYU fans the end of the season last year I think, had a lot of BYU fans checking out especially with the back-to-back losses to San Diego State and Hawaii in that bowl game but now you have some opportunity to get some payback against the Aztecs but also I think more importantly Speaking of the BYU football program, they get to prove to themselves, you know what? We can bounce back from a disappointing, a bitter setback at Coastal Carolina. That's the hope. That's got to be the rallying cry for this program this week is to get ready for that game. But it's all on the individual players. Will the entire team show up? That's the hope. Will some guys show up and others not show up? Well, if that happens, you very well could see a repeat of what happened against Coastal Carolina where, yeah, it'll be close because I don't think San Diego State is a juggernaut offensively this year. They've just proven that, you know what, they're more of a run-heavy low scoring, grinded out type of team so far this season. They're not going to blow you out, but it could be a game where they play keep away and if you're not locked in, BYU could be in trouble again. So BYU's got to be really be on their toes. Take the number 18 ranking, which I thought was actually a little better than I anticipated and say, you know what? Now we need to go out, prove that we can bounce back from a setback. We never had a loss up to this point. We can't allow it to become a snowball effect of having multiple losses in row because that at that point I feel like will really prove that the playoff committee was right in their assessment of the Cougars if you have a one score loss to Coastal Carolina as the only I guess blemish on your record this year I think many people can say okay you know what you came up a yard short of having that undefeated season you put together a 10 in, or 11 and one season that's a good deal if all of a sudden you go into the bowl season with back-to-back losses It's a whole different story and it looks a whole lot different for BYU at that point. So here's hoping that the Cougars can prove they want that smoke this week. Go out there and win in a grinded out fashion if they have to against San Diego State. All right, Coming up here in just a moment, we'll stick with the BYU football vein of things. A number of guys being named as semifinalists for various awards. We'll get to all of that here in just a minute as well as a big time commitment, I think, for the BYU football program along their offensive line. That's all coming up here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Love All Guard Pest Control. They take care of my home and my pest control needs. I want them to be your source for your pest control needs, whether it's residential like myself or if you've got commercial properties. They're happy to take care of that as well. That's what I love about All Guard. It's a local company, but has the capability of scaling up or down to fit whatever your needs are, regardless of what they are. You have spiders, you got mice, you got ants. No matter what your pest might be irking you and Causing all kinds of havoc and mayhem at your home. All guard pest control can abate it, guys. They can take care of the problem. Feel free to give them a call anytime you need them. 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. You also can check them out online at guard Pest Controls.com. That's All Guard Pest Controls with an S.com. Seth is a huge speaking of Seth Baird, the owner of All Guard Pest Control. He's a huge BYU fan. So when you give them that call, tell them the Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you. They'll make sure you're taken care of. Love this company. Like I said, they do it the right way, and it's a local company to boot. So trust All Guard Pest Control with all of your pest control needs. Give them a call once again, 801-851-1812, or online, check them out now at allguardpestcontrols.com. As we wind it down on a Wednesday edition of the podcast, let's run down the other BYU sports news you guys need to know about. We talked about a number of semifinalist honors for BYU football players on yesterday's podcast, but they continue to roll in. So let's run down the other ones who have come in in the last 24 hours. Isaiah Kafusi was named as one of 24 semifinalists for the 17th annual Lot Impact Trophy. Uh, the Ronnie Lot Impact Trophy exhibits high character and is a leader and example to not just his teammates, but also his family and community. Isaiah is having a great season, leading the Cougars with 66 tackles and four sacks through 10 games, also leading the nation in fumble recoveries with three on the year. He's having a marvelous season. I think his NFL stock is really bumped up, and I think that Isaiah is a well-deserving honoree as a semifinalist for this award. Hopefully, he can continue to have a stellar rest of his season and continue to move up there. Dax Milne, who we talked about yesterday being a member of the Blitnikoff Award Watchlist. Well, he was also named as a nominee for the Burlesworth Trophy, which is the most outstanding football player in America who began his career as a walk-on. He's one of the 67 nominees for this award. He's a six-foot-one, 190 190-pound junior. And Dax has made good on every bet he's made on himself as a BYU football player. He's averaging 101.2 yards per game. His uh, just Over a thousand yards, one thousand and twelve yards, ranked seventh nationally. He's the seventeenth BYU wide receiver in history to receive to get to one thousand yards in a season. Uh, his 1,012 yards, is 15th all-time at BYU. So congratulations to Dax Mill. And then finally, I think the biggest one here today is that Jeff Grimes is named as a Broyles Award nominee. It honors college football's top assistant coach. Uh, as we talked about yesterday on the podcast, you can go back and listen to this. I reported that Jeff Grimes has indeed interviewed at Utah State. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the attention that a guy like Coach Grimes will be getting. Uh, He is one of 56 nominees from this year's class selected from 1,270 assistant coaches representing 127 Division I programs across the country. And it's a well-deserved honor, speaking of Coach Grimes. This offense for BYU has been absolutely marvelous. I wouldn't have minded seeing also Aaron Roderick on this list, but I do believe they kind of limit it mainly to just one assistant per school But additionally, what, 56 nominees? That's not even half of the schools at the FBS subdivision level. So congratulations to Coach Grimes. A marvelous season offensively for BYU through 10 games. And here's hoping it continues and he can get more serious consideration for that award. Speaking of the Broyles Award, as well as I think some well-deserved pub as a potential head coaching candidate at other programs. All right, final couple of notes here on today's podcast is Dylan Rollins, uh, 6'5", offensive lineman from Sentinel High School in Missoula, Montana, announced his commitment to BYU yesterday. I am very high on Rollins' ability. Like I said, 6'5", 260 to 280 pounds, depending on which website you look at. He is a consensus three-star prospect, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite Rating. Sitting in that 83 range, which is a solid three-star, he's the top-rated player out of the state of Montana and had offers from the likes of Oregon State and Minnesota at the time of his commitment to BYU yesterday. So BYU is getting a guy that some power five programs saw as an underrated asset. And as a member of the church, his mission plans apparently are undecided, but I'm looking forward to seeing what Dylan Rollins can do for BYU. I think this is the prototypical offensive lineman, that Jeff Grimes, Eric Mateos and the rest of the BYU offensive staff want. He plays with a nasty gritty mentality just gets after it on the football field and I think he will be part of kind of that next wave of great BYU offensive lineman if he lives up to his potential I think right now you're seeing the culmination of multiple years of good recruiting and development with the guys like a Brady Christensen a James Empey uh, even a Chandon Herring and Tristan Hodge with their NFL prospects well guess what the next group behind them is going to come up and become a self-feeding machine where you see offensive line and come up every two to three years there's another crop of NFL talent and it just continues to build on itself that's how good programs recruit guys these young men in high school see the current crop of players in this case a guy like Dylan Rollins can see what a Brady Christensen or a Chandon Herring which is probably where he'll play at tackle for BYU do or even inside a guard he sees a guy like a Clark Barrington or Tristan Hodge who all have NFL potential and just sees okay that's what these guys are doing well I can do that exact same thing and that's why I'm going to go be a member of the BYU football program and it just continues to build on itself and you get more and more athletes who join the program and you continue to have stellar offensive line play obviously guys don't live up to their potential it can ruin that but Rollins to me screams just a can't miss guy who's going to come in and work his tail off to be a great football player for the Cougars and I'm looking forward to seeing him as a member of the BYU recruiting class and by the way the Cougars speaking of BYU BYU closing extremely well when it comes to their recruiting class. We are now a week away from the early signing period opening up. It's a week from today. We'll have a special edition to recap all of the players who are expected to sign that day with the Cougars. Dylan Rollins, one of them. And here's hoping over the next week or so, a few more commitments trickle in from some of the bigger names in BYU's wish list with the likes of Jackson Dart, John Henry Daly, etc., still out there on the table for the Cougars. All right. That's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. A big thank you as always for your continued support of the show. Follow the show on social media. Search out Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. My personal Twitter handle is Jacob C. Hatch if you'd like to weigh in with your thoughts there. And as always feel free to email us anytime. Locked on BYU at gmail.com is the email address for the podcast. Have a great day whenever you hear this and hopefully we'll be talking to you guys again tomorrow as a recap hopefully a win for BYU basketball and then looking ahead to the weekend in sports for BYU football facing San Diego state and basketball facing off against Utah. So plenty to get to as the week rolls on here on the podcast and a big thank you once again for your support. This has been the locked on Cougars podcast for December 9th, 2020. And we will talk to you guys. Manana.